Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I want to jump right into the word this morning. I am thankful for Pastor Ron's prayer. I have not felt good today, but I know it's attack of the enemy. And I have um, been ready uh, to bring this word. Who knows, I might even preach next weekend if y'all mess with me. So uh, I, uh, I have some words stirring inside of me. And until I go in the hospital, I decided as long as I have strength, I'm going to bump whoever's on the schedule to preach. And I have that authority. So at least I still do, I think. Uh, we'll find out. All right, open your Bibles this morning to John's Gospel, chapter 21. I want to talk to us today about the cost of love. Uh, Matthew put this together for me, and I loved it. And uh, it's not a public receipt. You actually have to read it. And uh, it's uh, scriptures over on the right of these particular areas. But uh, Suzanne and I had the privilege a couple of weeks ago, we didn't tell y'all, I didn't get your permission, but we, uh, we actually went down and spoke at the Rock of Central Florida for Pastor Steve and Kim, and uh, we, we had a really wonderful time. We tag team, sat on the stage, and uh, just answered some questions. But Steve and I had been talking for the last month and um, about some things that really relate to where we are as a nation. and. Uh, the necessity, the, the need uh, for us to, as believers, to walk in the love that God has graced us to walk in. And uh, I, have to, I have to admit, I, I have been a little disconcerted with uh, talking to a few folks and hearing stuff that comes out of their mouth. And I realize, and, and I'm not standing in judgment, but I just realized that they spend way more time in, in front of stupid vision than they are in the word of God. It, because what, what goes in us is going to come out of us whenever we're squeezed, uh, whenever somebody just provokes us a little bit, what's in us is coming out of us. Not what we wish was in us, come on somebody, but what is actually in us comes out of us. And so uh, over the last several weeks, I've just had to turn, turn the news off. I've just been done with it. I've just, I, I have no room for it. It, it. it doesn't matter if it's conservative or liberal. Uh, it is just a whole lot of spewing of anger. And, uh, and I want to remind us up front here that where we are as a nation today, it's not the worst it's ever been. There have been seasons and times throughout history where Christians have been squeezed. And instead of feeling sorry for themselves, they've risen up mighty and strong. And I'm prophesying that, that we, the church, are going to rise up mighty and strong in grace and love in mercy and goodness and tenderness and in gentleness. We, we can hate the, the spirits of what we're acknowledging and, and recognizing, but, but, but the, the people are people that God loves. They're people that God loves. And uh, so as I have been just meditating on this, I found myself in a very interesting passage of scripture, John chapter 21. And again, if I come and preach next week, I'll probably preach out of this because I'm not going to finish today uh, because we want to 
kind of respect time and everybody. First of all, thank you for being willing to come out. I know everybody's in a different place right now, and wherever you are, uh, we respect and honor. There are a lot of people at home that just don't yet feel comfortable coming, and, and I bless you. I honor you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being faithful and, and uh, but but I, I really think in the in the times ahead we as a church have got to make sure that we're going to the word of God for our direction and not to the CDC or our government or our authorities we're going to the word of God and finding out what God's word has to say and God's word declares we got to be careful that we don't let anything keep us from gathering as the church of Jesus Christ Man, that is a hand of the enemy. And we can, we can practice social distancing. We can spread ourselves. If you need to wear a mask, I got mine right here. If you, if you, if you need to borrow it, you can borrow it. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you need it, wear it. And I'm not playing. If you feel that you need that thing, you put it on. I got rebuked last week by one of my doctors. I think she was on stage a little bit ago. And she, she, saw, she saw me up here. She said, where's your mask? And I said, I am social distancing. I, I, I believe I'm okay. And my numbers are really good right now. And I'm grateful for that. But as I, as I got into this, I, I just want to throw out three things. They're kind of questions, uh, comments. And, and we're going to kind of touch on some of these today and maybe next week. But I wanna talk about the price that Jesus paid on the cross for us because of love. Not, not, not Cupid love. I'm talking about the kind of love. I've had revelation after revelation over the last several months walking and praying of the price Jesus paid. Because he loved us. I mean, he loved us. And on the way to the cross, for the sake of salvation, he paused long enough to be beaten so that I could be healed. So that you could be healed. So that our marriages could be healed. So that our minds could be healed so that our finances could be healed, so that our families could be healed. Jesus took a whipping, unlike anything you've ever known or comprehended in your life. And he did it because he loved you and me. The second thing, the cost that we pay to walk in the freedom of the salvation that he has brought us because of love. I want you to think about the cost of love for you. I'm not going to give you the answers because I can struggle to find my own answers of, of, what, of what that cost. One of the things Suzanne and I uh, spoke on um, at Pastor Steve and Kim's church was the cost of discipleship. What, it, what does it mean to take up your cross? And most American Christians don't have a clue. You know, this morning I was praying, Lord, Man, I got cancer, we got COVID-19, now we got riots, and, and now we got storms. I mean, it's just like, could you just pause the clouds long enough to get my church, the, they'll, they'll be willing to come out in the rain? Come on. I'm just speaking the truth. Thank you for getting here. 
I hope you didn't look at the radar what it's going to look like when you leave in a little bit. <laughs> We're going to try to get you out of here by 10 after 11 because by 11.20, it's supposed to be coming down. Don't be checking your radars on your phone right now. <laughs> if I see you buck out and run, I'll know where you're going. <laughs> if you do that, Ricky, just pull my truck up first, okay? <laughs> All right. And the third one, what is the cost of loving God and loving God's people for us? This goes way beyond going to church. What is the cost of loving God and loving, and loving God's people for us? I want to look at this great story in John's gospel, chapter 21. So uh, follow along with me there. I'm going to read through a couple of verses, and then I want to show you a little video clip. And then I'll get back to reading. But John chapter 21, that's very interesting. I started starting this story. You're going to think, what in the world does this story about Jesus and Peter eating fish have anything to do with love? But I, I believe Holy Spirit will help me to tie it all together. John chapter 21. Remember this now. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already been crucified. He's already gone to the grave. He's already come out of the grave. He's revealed himself to, to his disciples and to the women around him uh, a couple of times. And uh, we find this amazing story right before John ends and we enter into the book of Acts where Jesus uh, speaks to all of his disciples right before he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And it says this, that after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, get this now, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we're going with you. And they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now remember this, before I show you this video clip. Peter, first encounter with Jesus is after a night of fishing. Not a night of catching, a night of fishing. And Jesus reveals himself to Simon. Now, I don't have time to push this or promote it a lot, but for those of you that have not yet um, downloaded or seen the, the series that's come out, The Chosen, it is one of the most amazing uh, movies about Christ I've ever watched in my life. Uh, Suzanne and I were so, when we got to the last episode seven and eight, we were like just, do we want to watch it tonight or we want to wait till tomorrow night? Because we knew it was about the end. And uh, they're, they're going to make, uh, I think, eight more series, ep uh, seasons of it. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, clip of Christ in a way that I want to tell you I have never seen before in my life. How many of you saw The Passion of Christ? Intense, right? That's kind of how I've seen Jesus my entire life. Just from the beginning to the end, intense. Well, this movie shows Jesus in a whole different light. Smiling, laughing, dancing, making wine, dancing with his disciples. Man, I, I was just having an amazing time. You can download it on Pure Flix, uh, or you can, I uh, hear now it's actually on YouTube. But uh, Yesterday, as I was reading this passage over and over, I just kept thinking of this particular clip. 
And I wish I had time to show you about 12 minutes of it, but I'm only going to show you five minutes of it. So run the video and then uh, we'll get back to the scripture. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. You are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. Anything you ask, I will do. 
follow me. I will. You as well. Yes, you, James and John. Come, follow me. I'll take the fish into market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> You've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. So, you sure you don't want to do this just a few more times? Well, we'll make a great team on the boat. Son, joking. <laughs> Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men. And you are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. Wow. You will gather them, and I will sort them out later. Come on, somebody. We have a responsibility, and there are things that we have no responsibility over. We're called to do what Jesus has called us to do. Verse 4, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children... Do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from the land, about a hundred yards. And when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 100 and 53 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and he took bread and he gave it to them. And so were the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So I, I want to just remind us of a couple of things in here. First of all, as I, I go to verse 15, first of all, Peter encounters Jesus for the very first time. You see it on that video there. He's out, he's fishing, he's doing what he knows to do. It's his livelihood. It's his profession. And Jesus uh, comes and reveals himself. He tells Peter to cast the net on the other side. Peter ultimately obeys. Didn't you love that part of the video? Jesus just looks at him. 
And Simon just looks back like he wanted to have an argument. He wanted to say, you, you don't understand. We've been casting this thing all night. And listen, I recently have gotten back into fishing. I know I have. <laughs> I used to have a boat with engines and bills and motor bills and all that. But now I got me a new boat. It's 12 feet long. It's called a kayak. And I paddle it like this. <laughs> and I've been going out with uh, Andrew and Wyatt and Gabe and his boys and Mr. Ed. And, and uh, we've been out there and we went out this week on Wednesday morning. Gabe tells us, I, I need you to be at Hitchcock's in Newberry at 4.15 in the morning. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, do I really want to start fishing again? But all I could think about was just snagging a big red. And, and so it, it gave me the energy to get out of bed at three o'clock, take care of all of my meds, do everything I had to do and uh, make it there. And so we get there and we get in our little uh, kayaks and man, the boys jump in their little six foot kayaks and I'm, I'm having to work hard to keep up with them. It's pitch black, the moon's full and it is absolutely gorgeous. And, we're, and the water is just like slick as crystal. And we're just paddling out. Everybody's just paddling. It's quiet. I'm having some worship time. I'm off to the side. Gabe says, go this way. Every time Gabe tells me to go this way, I land up on an oyster rock and I was stuck <laughs> in one inch of water, just paddling, not going anywhere. Just help. <laughs> so I got me some new waders. So I thought, well, I'm going to just get out like they did. But the problem was I wasn't on an oyster shell. I was on a sand bed. So I get out in these waders into the sand thing, and I just go, <laughs> and my legs wouldn't come out, and I was stuck, and I was like, oh my gosh, and, and finally I see Gabe paddling my way, and he gets off the oyster shell, and he, he comes over, and he rescues me, and I said, Gabe, I went right where you told me to go, and, and he said, well, you were supposed to go a little farther out to the, to the side, so, so he pushed me out there, and I got out there, and in and, uh, and, and just a little while, man, I'm having some worship time, and I, I have to admit to you, I do not have a problem praying when I'm fishing. I mean praying specifically, Lord, I want to catch a redfish, <laughs> not a shark. You know, I don't want no puffer, buffer, puffer, puffer fish. I don't want some fish that's not edible. I, I, want, I want a red. I'll take a trout, but I want a red. And so the other morning we're out there, the sun starts coming out. There is every imaginable color in God's creation. There's purple and pink and orange, and it's gorgeous. And I'm snapping pictures, putting my phone in, hoping I don't drop my phone in the water. And, and uh, I'm just going through it. And finally, the sun comes up. We get some great pictures. And now we're serious into the fishing. And I'm serious into the praying. I'm reminding God how good he is. He's no respecter of persons. If he could tell Andrew which side, I mean, Simon, which side to cast, he could sure enough tell me which place to cast. And so, man, we're just out there. I'm having worship time, and I cast that thing out, and all of a sudden, bam, I, it hits it. And uh, I didn't know, but Gabe was way, about 100 yards away. He's videoing the whole thing. And, and I, I'm, I'm reeling this thing in, and it's, it's pulling my kayak. I don't know if I'm pulling the fish or the fish is pulling me, but, but I'm reeling it in and, and uh, finally get up there. I got that thing flopping everywhere. It's in the boat. It's out of the boat. And, and, and on the video, you hear Gabe say, get it in the boat. <laughs> well, you know what? Peter counted 153 fish because little things matter to God. 
us loving, us loving the men, not fish. We've been called to be fishers of men to give our lives. And, and, and we have this amazing example of Peter's life that, that the Lord is speaking to him and talking to him and, and the clock is already, Lord Jesus. I'm preaching next weekend. All right, I, I got to move on, okay? So I, I, I'm just going to go real quick. Just start playing because it'll help somebody. I don't know if it'll help me, but it'll, it'll help somebody. Peter encounters Jesus. Jesus tells Peter to cast his net again. Peter chooses to obey. Peter hauls in a massive load of fish. And then Jesus calls Peter to something greater. He says, I've called you to be fishers of men. I want you to go and to give your life. The second part of this chapter is so powerful. Verse 15, it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, Come take a walk with me. And they start walking. And Jesus looks at Simon. Now, you have to understand, you have to remember the history of these three years that Simon has been with Jesus. Man, his foot in his mouth, his foot out of his mouth, his other foot in his mouth, his sword out. He whips off somebody's ear. He just, he, you know, Lord, call fire. Can we just call fire down on those people? Let's just kill them. Man, Peter's with Jesus and he ain't getting it. Some of us are with Jesus and we haven't gotten it. Let's not judge Peter. Let's learn from Peter. See, Jesus loves them all. And so Jesus says to Simon, Simon, do you love me? And I believe, I don't know, I, I, only in heaven will I get this story completely right. But, but, but I envision that Jesus and Peter are taking a walk over by the nets where all the fish are. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me more than these fish? He had just caught the, the Mac Daddy load. They weren't just 153 fish. They were 153 big fish. And he says, do you love me? more than you love these fish. And then he gives Peter command. I want you to do this. And they walk a little further and, 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 and Jesus says a second time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the second time Jesus says to Peter, tend to my sheep. A third time. Jesus looks at Simon and says, Simon, son of John, verse 17, do you love me? Peter's now grieved. He's struggling because he's been asked for a third time by Christ, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Do you realize that, G that Peter never answered the questions that Jesus was asking? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This, Jesus said, to show by what kind of death that Peter would glorify God. And after saying all of this, hear me, and I close, he said, follow me, follow me. 
You see, the difference between Christ Jesus and Satan is that right up front, Jesus lays it out. I have done everything so that you can have a relationship with Father God. I paid the price. I died on the cross. It was my blood that was shed. You to receive it, it's a free gift. You receive it by faith. But as you receive it, you take up my cross and you follow after me. And I have a plan and a purpose for you that's bigger than what most of us comprehend today. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than our job, our career. It's bigger than even our family. It's big because God wants to use you and I to touch lives, to catch men. And he lays it all out front and he doesn't pull any punches. He says to the rich young ruler that says, what must I do to be saved and inherit eternal life? And, and he goes through everything and he says, well, I've done all that. Jesus said, well, then for you, you got to give all that you have away and come follow after me. And he doesn't apologize. To Nicodemus, he says, Nick, you got to be born again. What has he said to you? See, there is a grace for salvation. And Jesus lays it out and he says, if you're going to follow me, take up my cross. And every day, find out what that cross is for you. I know it's this. It's to love the unlovable. It's to love the angry. It's to love the murderer and the hurt and the ones that are destitute. It's to love them through COVID-19, through riots and protest and anger and lawlessness, we're to love one another in such a way that unbelievers will look at you and know that you belong to Christ, that you're not your own. See, Satan comes along and he offers you all this good stuff. The difference between Satan and Jesus is Satan never tells you the end result. Jesus said, I have a place for you that I'm going to prepare. And ultimately, no matter what we go through on this earth, how difficult, how hard, how, how, how sometimes it seems like, Lord, I don't know if I have the grace for one more day. You have the grace for one more day. Because we're sojourners, pilgrims passing through. Whatever the Lord has, Let's stop complaining about it and say, I'm gonna use this for his glory. Come on, somebody, I'm gonna use this for his glory. Whatever I'm having to walk through, his grace is sufficient. I'm gonna use it for his glory. Satan comes along and tries to sell us. He tries to sell us a lie. And he doesn't bother to tell you that the end result, you gotta go all the way back to the end of the Bible and use the Bible as a magnifying glass to see where Satan says, and then I'll be cast into the lake of fire and you will join me for all eternity. Jesus says, I have a prepared a place for you. Our world church needs us. They need us gathering. They need us worshiping. They need us prophesying. They need us loving. They need us being the church in this generation. I wanna ask you to bow your head for just a moment. Father, I, I pray for us that the same revelations that Peter needed and got, 
that we as the church will also, will get it. We'll have such a revelation that it's more than just salvation and getting saved and that's it. You have a plan for our lives that involves loving you, loving our neighbor. Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest command? And he reversed the question and said, what is it? And the leader answered and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Father, today, help us to come to grip with what that might mean for us. What does it mean, Father, for us to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and that we would come to love our neighbor even as we love ourselves. Father, I pray right now for us as the church for a fresh new revelation of your great love for us. And that in the midst of this crazy time and season of life, that instead of us being overwhelmed by it, we will be instead overwhelmed by your goodness and grace, your wisdom. You will pour out to us ways to touch and to love our neighbors. Help us. Let the church shine, I pray. Let the church come alive with power and might across the face of the earth in America and Cuba and Africa, Father, in Russia and China, in Peru and Honduras, Father. Lord, in France and Germany, in the nations of the world, I am grateful today of the reports we're hearing of what you're doing in lives. Oh, the news will only carry, Father, the bad stuff. But let the church so shine in such a way that one day even the media will not be able to ignore the church of Jesus Christ. Pray today. Let us. Start with us. Lord, we're not pointing fingers of judgment at others. Start with me. Start with my wife. Start with my leaders. Start with my pastors. Start with our people, Father. Let us come to the place of falling on our faces before you and hearing your voice. We love you. We bless you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, I want you to put your hands together and let's give the Lord a praise this morning real quick. Hang on one minute, Ron. I know I'm five minutes over, but I, I need to share something with you guys real quick. Um, our building is gonna be done this week maybe. Friday we're supposed to get a CO. And uh, we, are, we are scheduling to have our very first service. I know it, and you'll just have to hate me, but we are having our first service on Sunday, July 5th, four weeks from today. But before we do, as soon as Pastor Tad and the team have everything going and Jamie and them, we're gonna get in there a week or two before because our very first service is gonna be a prayer service. And we're gonna gather, we're gonna have a night of worship and prayer. 
And we're going to do it on the Saturday night, I hope, before Sunday, July the 5th. I know it's a holiday weekend, but they come and go every year. And we, we have been building this in faith and we have been working. And on top of that, I'm very selfish because I'm supposed to go in the hospital either that next week or the week after. And I desperately want to be in our new building with all of my family. So for all of you that want to be with me, we're going to be there. If you already have plans, I bless you. No judgment, at least not from the pulpit. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look, we're going to be there with everybody that wants to be there. If you've already made plans and can't get out of them, I understand. But we, we are, I am so excited. I went up there Friday and I just sat and watched Pastor Tad and Jim Deason do their thing. Wait till you see. It's just beautiful. It's going to honor God. We're going to honor God with this building. Pastor Ed has been so faithful for so many years, sharing everything. He's got his own jam auditorium, and he is excited. I don't know. You know, he's old as Methuselah, but we might get three or four more years out of him now that we got this new building. He's so excited. And uh, all the preschool rooms are just gorgeous. And our new coffee shop, the foyer, we just build it to glorify God. And uh, we're excited about it. So we'll let you know week after week uh, where, where our progress is. And, uh, but they got all the parking. If you've been by there, the fences are down. And uh, we are just doing our thing. And uh, hopefully next weekend we'll tell you something else is good. All right. I love you guys. Pastor Ron, you got it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.